Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Another phenomenal podcast from your saltwater guy. It's Friday. It is Friday, January 19th, and we are super excited. We got Wesley Burroughs from Cabo San Lucas, Cabo Surf Caster with us on the show today. And then we have another special guest we're going to bring in later on in the show. But um, I'm super fired up, getting ready to go up and do the Bard Hall show up in Long Beach. Wesley will be there. Our other special guest will be there. I'll be doing it. Couple seminars on Saturday and a couple seminars on Sunday, hanging out with Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance at 12 o'clock on the main stage. And then at three o'clock, I'll be up there all by myself trying to figure out what I'm going to talk about. It should be a blast, gang. We'll throw up the QR code in a little bit. You save $2 on your tickets. If you show up at the show, you just, you're going to have to buy your tickets there. But if you buy them online before the show and you use the QR code we show you, you're going to save $2 on each ticket. Also, gang, I'm going to be in the CCA booth before the show opens. So if you're standing in that line, stop by and say hi to me. I'll be in the CCA booth outside of the building. And then as soon as the show opens, I'll be inside the building at the CCA booth until I go live on the stage. So make sure you stop at the CCA booth and check it out. Sign up for CCA. We need everybody's help to keep fishing open. It's super important. If we don't keep fishing open, there won't be any reason to have this podcast anymore because it is all about fishing and my passion is fishing and my passion is teaching children how to fish and it's going to be super important that we all get involved with CCA at the Bard Hall show and at the Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. So I want to thank you all for that and it's uh, Deccan Sports Friday. So thank you Dave and the guys over at Deccan Sports for supporting our show. I really appreciate your support. It means a lot to me. Your product is phenomenal. We'll show you guys a cool video about the product here a little later in the show. But hey gang, we got Wesley fresh off the beach in Cabo. He just got done fishing on the beach. He's going to talk about that. We're going to find out how he got here to Cabo, what's going on in his life, and all the other cool things that are going on with Mr. Wesley Burroughs. Wesley, welcome to the show, buddy. Come on in. Here we go. Hey. How's it going? Good, man. I'm super excited to have you. My good buddy, Bill Barney, has been telling me you got to get Wesley on the show. I go, I see him all the time at the sushi bar down here. So we'll see. If we can <laughs> yeah, <that's... laughs> we'll see if we can squeeze him in on the show. So you got done fishing today, huh? Yeah, I just, I just got back. Kind of hit the ground. Came in, came in hot from, from the beach. It was a... Uh... We got a couple of Sierra this morning, but um, I feel like we missed a lot of potentially good fish this morning. We had the drone up and we were flying, flying around looking and everything was just outside of casting range. And there was some big schools of roosters this morning and jacks and we just couldn't get into them. But we got a couple, couple nice Sierra. We got enough for lunch. So still pretty happy. Now there's a bunch of people watching. We are as soon as I brought you on here, the viewership jumped up tremendously. So where are you? Where are we at? You and I. Where are we at? What are we doing? We're down here. Where? 
Ah, we're down in Cabo right now, and the weather is a lot nicer than everywhere else. <laughs> I've been talking to my brother. I've been talking to my grandparents. Their grandparents are in Chicago. My brother's in up outside of Denver in Evergreen, and, and Bill's up that way too somewhere. And they're just they're having a freezing winter. No, it was yeah, it was nice. Colorado. The coldest it got this morning was 58 on the beach today. And then you step in the water and the water's 74. It warms you right back up again, huh? Yeah, you just did. It's kind of this, uh, the more you get in the water, the more, the further you have to get in because as soon as you step back out and the air is cold and you get cold again, you want to get back in the water. So it's this vicious cycle of, you know, you don't want to get wet till the sun comes up. But uh, yeah, it was, no, we're, we're too uh, thin-blooded here in Cabo. I, I still had my four layers on this morning, so. <laughs> so how did you end up in Cabo San Lucas? Because that's kind of a big stretch to be surf fishing in Cabo. Everybody comes to Cabo and catches a marlin or a dorado <laughs> or a tuna. You're down here in Cabo. How'd you end up down here? Uh, my born. So they moved down here about 40 years ago. And so I got to be lucky enough to grow up down here and I, I always loved fishing. So that was, that was an everyday thing anyways. And then it ended up becoming work later on. I mean, kind of blessed to get to work in what I love. And now this year will be 20 years now guiding. <laughs> wow. So. so let's jump back a second here. We jumped too far forward too quickly. <laughs> yeah. Born. Think about that, folks. You were born in Cabo San Lucas? I was born in the States, actually. My my parents flew back up, had me, and came back down when I was about a month old. So I was I was born in, in your neck of the woods in uh, Glendale, <laughs> up in okay. L.A. area. So that's... Yeah. But you've been down here since you were one month old, so we're going to say you were born here. We're going to yeah. just... <laughs> and uh, yeah. it's kind of... Uh-oh, I think I lost you, Dave. Bill, do you want to continue the conversation with Wes while I get Dave back? Sure, sure. Uh -huh. Right on. Well, if, yeah. Was... Hey, Wes, it, it looks like we lost Dave there. <laughs> hey, we're, we're going to be we're going to be seeing each other in in a few few days now, huh? Like we'll be on on stage together in in about a week, huh? Yeah, I just can't wait. You know, I'm getting ready now. I've got all these boxes that packing in the car. I'm going to be driving out to, to Long Beach. I'm really looking forward to, to seeing you and getting up on the stage and talking about surf fishing. And, and you know, I'm going to cover all the stuff in California. And then you're going to cover all the stuff in Baja. And I think people are really going to be excited about it. Yeah, it's, I mean, I've always enjoyed hearing about the stuff in California. I've never fished up there, actually, which is, which is pretty <clears> crazy still say i've never fished in california um i fished in colorado before florida um around different different parts but never in california and it, it's interesting to see some of the techniques you use for just you know live bait stuff off the in the light line the light line surf that's fun 
It, it's so different that way. You're right. You know, because when you think of fishing down around Cabo and the East Cape and really a lot of places in the Sea of Cortez, lures are really effective down there. And really in California, lures are somewhat effective, certainly with halibut and stuff, but with so many other fish. Like if you look at all the state records in California, every single one of them was live bait except for um, one of them. So it's really a, a flip-flop, you know. So I guess it's easier to fool your fish down south. Mm -hmm. There's a yeah. lot more fish here, too. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. It's good to see you're back with the living. <laughs> yeah. Don't you love Cabo? Ever since the hurricane, we've had a little problem with the internet down here. It's We're been back. spotty. We're here. Goodbye, Bill. We don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> okay. Good to so back to what we were talking about. So yeah. you grew up down here in Cabo. Things have changed dramatically. The beaches, the buildings, all the different things down here. It was way different when you were a young man down here, right? You, how old are you now? 40? Uh, 35 this year. Yeah. Okay. So you've yeah. been down here for a long time. Yeah. yeah what, if, uh, what's the biggest changes you've seen with the beaches down here as far as uh, surf fishing goes? All uh, the buildings? Yeah, we've lost a lot of, uh, we've, we've lost a lot of access to the beaches just from resorts going in and they, they put your, even if you do have access, they put your parking so far back, it's so inconvenient to get to the beaches that it makes it difficult. Um, so yeah, that, and there's just a lot more people fishing the beach now as far as the surf. Whereas used to, it was probably, I don't know, when I was 16 to 20-ish, I'd say there was probably 50 guys who knew what they were doing in the surf and would fish regularly down here and and now it's just unreal there's probably uh, the last shore fishing tournament they had they signed up over 400 people oh wow that's that's a lot of pressure yeah yeah so it uh it's pretty pretty tough to i don't know stay secret anymore you know i used to post pictures day of and not care about you know if you could see what beach we were on and all that kind of stuff and now shoot you have to you have to be a little bit secretive about it just in general because if not you show up the next day and there's 15 guys on your spot all throwing and taking over right where you were fishing the day before so it's just uh, a, a different game now yeah well there's a lot of people here now too that's what people don't understand we've seen the population in my neighborhood double since uh 2019 2020 it's been incredible the amount of growth here in the last three years wow yeah just incredible but um what i really like about you is the history when i was talking to you when i went fishing with you the history of the beaches the histories of the buildings the history of everything going on on the beach is pretty cool not only do you get to learn about fishing when you fish with wesley down here but you get to learn about the history of cabo san lucas what it was like growing up down here and just the whole the whole thing is totally different from what you would think when you start to talk to wesley you got to learn about Cabo and how spectacular it is. And the way you read the water in the surf,
blows my mind. You can see the fish coming. <laughs> and I thought I could read water, but yeah, it's an amazing talent you have for reading that water. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things. If you're there every single day staring at the same stuff, trying to trying to get those fish, you, you start to get good at, at spotting just the really small details of things. And what's helped a lot actually is uh, it's been a game changer. In the last few years, we started flying a drone and started spotting fish that way just, just with the drone. And then you see all of their behavior. You see how they react when you throw a lure at them when they're in certain situations and how they react in other situations. You know, right now we have big schools of jacks that are spawning. And for years, I'd throw and land right in the middle of them. And thinking that that's your best chance of getting them. And now you see that it actually spooks the school and the best thing to do is throw way past them and come through them pretty slow. And and then you actually get bites out of stuff. And so you learn a lot by seeing stuff from, from above, a different perspective. And it, it teaches you everything you're seeing from this level. Uh, you get to see it from, from on top and then you it kind of all comes together and you become a better fisherman, you know? Yeah, I like when you said that because you, you're like me. We think that if you throw it in the middle of the school, it would happen. But you watch you. I watched a lot of your drone footage and you watch when his lure hits the middle of that school, that whole school scatters because they don't know what that was. They think it's something trying to eat them. So they just boogie and get out of the way. And then you like, why didn't I get a bite? Yeah. Yeah. So do you catch the yellowfin on the beach too? <laughs> I've caught a couple of them, not nothing real big, but uh, those guys in the in the pictures there, those are all uh, from this last year. We were going out on the boat and throwing at them with spinning gear, and they were foaming on top. And a couple days, we got into schools that I saw fish that were over two hundred pounds come come jumping out of the water, and didn't ever hook any of the two hundred pounders. I got a couple that were one ten, one twenty. Um, but I'm still waiting for my, waiting for my cow tuna on a, on a spinning, <laughs> spinning setup. Uh, no, thank you. I'll stay yeah. with my conventional, but I'll watch you catch it. I'll take video of it. Look at that. Look at that grouper. You caught oh, that that's on a, a That's a snapper. Big, uh, Kubera. Oh, wow. Look yeah. at that beautiful fish. Yeah. Yeah. He was only, uh, five pounds under the record actually. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, right on the beach. That one was actually typically I would release a fish like that, but that was right in the middle of COVID. And then I had gone out that morning, especially to catch food for I had a bunch of friends who hadn't had work for almost a month and they were starting to get worried. And so I told them I'd go out and go catch fish for food. And that was my biggest one to date now. And that thing was 73 pounds. Um, wow the beach that's yeah insane. yeah that was that was a wild story i don't know if we got time for a quick story about that thing. oh absolutely we want to hear it um that <laughs> i was i was by myself i didn't even take my camera with me that day which was the crazy part uh -huh. ran probably a half a mile from where i had to park went all the way out on on the rocks and was fishing all morning and didn't get a single fish all morning and on my way back over the rocks i decided um, cast into one more spot that I, I knew had been good on those rocks and the, the foam was coming off the rocks 
and you can see where the the color of the water you know you got the clear water and then the foam coming off the rocks met and i had a big stick bait on and i threw and brought that stick bait right up to the edge of the foam and just paused it for a second like it was gliding right up to the edge of the foam there and as soon as i just stopped reeling that thing came out it was only probably six foot of water and that thing did a cartwheel out of the water and hit the lure and i was i was blown away i was like oh shoot you know i'm standing 20 feet up on a rock and about to you know i had so much drag on there i'm like if this thing breaks i'm going i'm going clear for this rock all around all kinds of rocks he he made it around two or three rocks on the way in and i could feel the line rubbing and i managed to get him off those got him tired used a wave to surf him up into the the boulders that you see behind me there and he land he landed up in those boulders and i started um to go down and i thought i'll pull him up one more set of one more set of rocks with the next wave and that way he's he's up safe and i was waiting for that next wave to hit and i put tension on the line and the line broke right at the leader right right where he was oh at. My gosh. and i was 20 feet up on this rock and this wave came and hit right where he was and it was just white water up in the rocks and he was in the white water and i i tossed my rod behind me and i ran down these rocks so fast and got in the water and he was tired he was trying to get out of these rocks <laughs> I saw him like trying to scoot between the boulders out there. I jumped on him like a cat, you know, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up grabbing it, looked up and here came a big wave. And I, I just, as soon as the wave crashed on the rocks, I threw him as high as I could up towards the, the rocks and the wave caught him and threw him up higher. And I got completely soaked and managed to, managed to get him out of those rocks but it was it was touch and go there for a little bit he almost made it back <laughs> that is such a great story the, the amount of strength it took for you to throw a 75 pound fish up onto the rocks above you that's incredible with the wave crashing on you i feel like, like it was it was one of those moments you know when the the mom lifts the car off of her kid it was kind of like that you know <laughs> That's what I was going to say. The adrenaline. Look at that fish. Yeah. Wesley's not a short human either. He's not a short man. Uh, what is it? Uh, five foot 19. Wow. That is incredible. <laughs> Those of you that are listening to the podcast, you got to jump back on here later on, go on YouTube and watch this podcast so you can see what this fish really looks like. There's a lot of people driving around in their cars listening but this is one of those stories you have to go look. You got to go see this fish. It's an incredible <laughs> story, gang. I couldn't throw that fish up on the rocks. I would just probably hold on to him and hope that I've still got him <laughs> after that wave crashes on me. <laughs> that was an option for sure. <laughs> that is an incredible story. Hey, real quick, I want to show yeah. you this. I want to show you this deckhand kill bag. Think about this thing. You could have put that fish in it if you had it in the back of your truck. Real quick, mm -hmm. just look at this video real quick and check out this new kill bag that Deckhand Sports has made.
Hey, I just lost connection again. Am I back? Yep, you're back. Oh, good. All right. So what a credible bag. You see how those ribs are in the bottom? Keeps that fish that was, up out of that slimy water. That was pretty cool. And I, I see on the on the little description there that you got that it doesn't leak, which is a huge improvement over some of the bags out there right now. Yeah, and Dave at Deccan Sports guarantees you the bag will not leak. Guarantees That's awesome. I ruined my ruined my last truck because I thought uh, I had a one of the reliable bags, and I I threw that thing in the back in the back seat of my truck with fish in it, thinking that those things were sealed, and well, it was definitely not sealed. So yeah, once you get that stinky fish slime water in your car, it's pretty much throw the car in the trash. They're never <laughs> getting that out. <laughs> pretty much. What an incredible bag. The whole system is mind-boggling. It's got a million tie-down spots all over it. He's done every bit of research he could. He's got every size from putting a big bluefin in there to putting lobsters in the bag. We show you all the different bags on our live shows all the time. But it's an incredible bag gig. If you want to get something like that, go to their store. Grab the QR code right there on the screen. Elliot just threw it up on the screen. Using the QR code, you're going to save 15%. Or you could uh, put in the code YSWG when you're checking out. YSWG and 15 for those of you listening, and, and you can save 15% on the bag. But you got to go to the website and see all the cool things they have. And also, they'll be at the Bard Hall Show, and uh, you'll be at the Bard Hall Show. It's going to be I was going to say, yeah, they're going to have a booth there, huh? I will not have a booth. I'll be hanging out in the CCA booth. Yeah, but the the um... – the bags will, right? The oh, yeah. Bags. Deckhand Sports yeah. definitely will have a yeah. booth. Yeah, you guys got to come and see Wesley. You're going to be speaking every single day, right? Thursday, they Friday, Saturday, Saturday. They got me working. <laughs> You're not going to be walking the beach. Your feet aren't going to be covered in sand. You're not going to be standing in that warm water. No. My wife is going to be sick of hearing me talk about fishing for sure. <laughs> Uh, I think we got you paused again, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that internet connection down here, man. It's it's been spotty. We we lose it every once in a while, and as much as you try, it it sure does mess with you. Seems like it com comes and goes. You know, it's hard to hard to communicate when it's <laughs> when it's out, and then it comes back on again. That that is for sure. Yeah, um, but you know, Wes, I really want to hear about not not your fishing stories, but all your injury stories from fishing. I'm like, uh, the, the personally, I cut my feet so many times, hands, feet, knees. You know, just a sense. Oh, my problem is that I I just picked up a new hobby in the last couple years. I started uh, started riding a dirt bike down here. So I'm adding I'm adding to my injury list. Uh, That's right. You have to have a good insurance policy when you have a motorcycle for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you yeah, really like you know over the over the years on jetties, you know, I I would be. Let's see if we come back on here. If Dave comes back on here, hopefully so. Yeah. Uh, let's see if he pops back on. Yeah, I think yeah. he's right down here. Let's see if he if he can get back on. 
Wesley, can you tell us yeah. a little bit about these custom lures that you've got? Oh, those are uh, those are uh, a guy out of North Carolina. He's in the Outer Banks. He makes uh, their tuna lures mostly is is what he is famous for. Um, but they work really well for the Kubera snapper, and we've gotten we've gotten just about everything on them. But they're really good. They're some of my favorites for the Kubera snapper. His uh, brand is Strategic Angler. His name is Merv out of the, the Outer Banks, and we started working together on some lines of lures. They're, they're pricey, but they are the best quality. I mean, there's, I don't know of any lures that have a better finish than, than some of his stuff. Um, great design, great action. I've got some really big tune on them on the boats too. They're, they're really fun. But, That's awesome. Thank you for yeah. answering that. Do you see yeah, the question there from Kevin on the screen? Uh, yeah. Let's see. What's your terminal tackle setup when targeting the roosters? Blade, blade, floral mono, and how are you setting your drag? Good question. So we're pretty much during rooster season. We're running fifty-pound braid. This is kind of the average. Like I have a setup that's heavier than this, and and one that's lighter. But fifty-pound uh, braid to hundred-pound. Mono or flora doesn't matter. They're not lure sh or leader shy on the on the surf, so um, mono or flora works works well. And I usually run about five or six feet of that if you're fishing over the sand, and twice that long if you're fishing over the rocks. And drag wise, so you tie that, you go braid straight to the mono with uh, do an FG knot on top. Then go straight down and tie direct to your lure. I personally don't use any of the of the quick clips or release clips or anything for the lures. I don't prefer them, even though it, you might save a couple seconds. I've lost a lot of big fish on all different brands of clips, and and people keep coming back and oh, these are German ones, the strongest ones you can get. You know, 200 pound. I don't know. I've I've used them all, and I've pretty much opened up all of them on that one fish that you do want to land. That's the one you lose. And I tie direct to the lure. So tie straight to the lure. Use a perfection loop. is is a really good knot for tying direct, especially with the heavy pound leader. And then um, the question about setting your drag. I mess around with my drag a lot um, during, before, during, and after the fight. So I, I don't ever keep it like a certain. What I do have is I have it pretty tight at the beginning. Um, that way, what you don't want to happen is any of that drag to come off on your finger when you're going for your cast and you're whipping that, that rod, you don't want any drag pulling off that that'll slice your finger. Uh, so keep it really tight. As soon as I get hooked up to a fish, I'll usually give one good hook set on it. And then, uh, and then I'll back off on the drag. I'll take a half a turn, especially if I'm out over the sand and I know I'm not in danger of getting cut off on the rocks back off on the on the drag and let them run uh, a lot of people are kind of nervous to let them take out more than half of the school and on a big fish it's it's really it, it's important to let them take that line uh, because they have all of that power and all of that energy right at the beginning and most of the time they're hitting your lure in the last little bit so they're pretty close to you and they're going to make a long run and they have all that power you have to let them get all that energy out if you try and stop them from the beginning, you risk tearing them off or injuring them a lot more. But if you have them hooked 
near the gills or something and you put that much pressure on them um you you're risking losing your fish if if you try and stop them in the first little bit you they need to run they need to get that energy out so back off on the yeah what i've found is it's super important the more line they take the better it works out for us because that's more drag on the water right bill more drag dragging that fish around Exactly. And the, the other thing is, and, and Wes will tell you this, is that like up in Southern California, we can use the beach. So if we're up the beach a ways and the tide is below us, rather than loosening the drag, we can actually walk toward the water and give the fish just enough to, to you know, get the right balance between that. Down where West Fish is, in a lot of cases, the beach is very steep and there's big surf pounding on it. So you can't go down near the water and fight the fish down there. It's too dangerous. You have to be up you above wanna, it. So yeah, really have to utilize yeah. drag at that point. Uh huh. Go ahead, Wes. You're back. Yeah. Where did where did I where did I lose you? I just kept talking, man. <laughs> no, it's okay. We what lost you for setting a the there. drag. You, you and Setting the drag. Okay, so that was, yeah. So I, I would say set the drag tight at the beginning. You don't want it coming off on your finger in the cast. And that's that's the main part. And you want to be able to get a good hook set. So you want it tight. And then when you do that, as soon as you hook up on the fish, you know you got him, back off on the drag and let him run. If you know your reel has 300 yards of line on the spool, let him run 200 yards out. You want him to get all that energy out. You don't want to. You don't want to try and stop him right at the beginning. You want him to go out, tire himself out, because you have to bring him through those breakers in the surf, and you don't want him have a ton of energy in those breakers because then he's turning sideways back and forth, and that's where you lose him. You want him really tired when you get him right up against the beach, so you let him make his long run, burn himself out. And what I was explaining, I don't know any of this, was uh, when he's got 200 yards of line out, and he cuts sideways on the beach. It, it creates a C shape of that you're dragging through the water sideways. And incredible flag just to pull that line around, not even to take any more line, just to drag that line around with him. And that tires him out even more than pulling him as hard as you can. So, right. the technique of, of letting him run and, and come back in. We're going to answer some more of your guys' questions real quick. Jeanette, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I see you on there. You need to send us a text message because you won the contest yesterday. Kel, I don't know if she got a hold of you or not. She was looking for your number. Before I went live, she didn't have your number. So send me another text, Jeanette, because Kelly picked you and your husband as the winners for the prizes yesterday. So send me a text at 949 and as far as on a boat or on the shore or wherever, I always tell everybody your reel should be full of line all the way to the rim. That's how you should fish. Wesley will tell you, Bill will tell you, if your reel's yeah. not full to the rim, you're cheating on yourself. And here's why. When we're out tuna fishing, bluefin fishing, sea bass fishing, yellowtail fishing, when that fish takes the line, we want them to take as much as we want that line to come peeling off that reel as much as it can, because like Wesley just said, that is absolutely tiring out the fish. I use the word killing him, but I know that we can't say that anymore. So we'll say tiring him out. It is tiring the fish out. 
And uh, the more line they take, the better for us. Here's what you all do. The soon as they start to take your line, you panic and you stop it. You put your drag on as tight as it'll go, or you put your thumb on there, or on a spinning reel, you grab the spool. It's over. You might yeah. as well just take the knife out of your pocket and cut the line because you did the same thing, and you won't have to worry about fighting that pesky fish. <laughs> it's that uh, line is the most important thing for slowing that fish down, right, Wes? And Bill yeah. was saying you don't have the beach we have. You and I know that the beach is steep in Cabo where you're fishing on the Pacific side, so you don't have a lot of running around room. You need that big mount a line out in the water what's that right there we're seeing that redfish uh, that's a that's called a colorado snapper so it's different than the cuberas they don't get quite as big but they're very bright um and i'd say the cubera are actually better eating than the than the colorado these the colorado are decent too but they have more bloodlines in their in their meat so i tend to release most of the colorado snapper just because we're getting the cubera at the same time of year as well and they're better eating but that one looks pretty spectacular when he boils on your lure, huh? <laughs> yeah, they, they look like a like a koi almost. They're so bright. Oh, it's a beautiful looking fish. So we had people asking you about what's your favorite rod setup. There's so many different questions. I want to go first of all. I forgot. Michael Morrison sent in a question. Uh -huh. You or didn't even a comment about you gave him a lure made out of a golf club. Can you tell us that story? <laughs> yeah, that was back in back in the day. That's been a long time since since I was fishing those. I used to make those things. Um, that was all the local guys. That's how we'd, we'd go to the secondhand store, buy golf clubs, and cut them up into about four-inch sections and then run a wire through them and pour them full of lead. And those were our Sierra lures back in the day. And we caught more Sierra on those things than any of that. They, they really worked well. I mean, they'd outfish some of the, the really realistic-looking jigs, too. Wow, that's incredible. I never heard of that. That is, uh, I'm glad and Michael put that up there. That's an incredible yeah, story. Yeah, they cast a mile too. He's, he's not lying. <laughs> we throw those things. I was, uh, back then I used to measure out some of my casts and I, I threw a couple of those that were just perfectly weighted and everything. Threw them uh, just over 200 yards. Wow. <laughs> so what we is We should let the PGA know. <laughs> So what is your go-to rod and reel setup for fishing on the beach in Cabo San Lucas? Oh, right now we are fishing uh, 14,000 size uh, Daiwa Surtates. And um, the rods are Sentry, Sentry made rods. Uh, they're made in England. And we now just designed them. Uh, we're doing a whole lineup of them uh, that are will be Cabo Surfcaster exclusive rods. So we've been working on just a, a really good surf design for some of the blanks that I've been fishing for about 10 years now and, and just kind of improving on. Now we got new materials going into them and they're thinner and thinner, lighter, stronger. You know how it goes. But, uh, but yeah, it's a Cabo, uh, 13 foot Cabo Surfcaster with a 14,000 size surtape and between 30 and 50 pound braid on the reels all right and are those two piece rods wes they're two piece rods yeah 50 50 split perfect yeah and i have a question for you i uh -huh. when i went fishing with you down here we got off the water 9 30 10 o'clock in the morning i talked to you this morning you got off the water before 11. 
is it kind of much as far as surf fishing down here it's kind of just that gray light bite kind of thing is that like the best time and then middle of the day it's over and then do you go back out for an afternoon session or how does that work so basically the you got a, a few species that you're targeting sierra this time you're sierra uh, small and medium roosters and uh jacks and then the occasional dorado that you'll get off the beach and each one of those kind of has a a sweet spot in the morning for when they bite the best the sierra are definitely the earliest the earliest ones they'll bite from gray light which is like right now around 6 a.m or so to uh to about eight and then after that they pretty much kind of move out to deeper water the bite slows down you don't get very many of them and then from there you start getting into roosters and jacks and then the dorado are actually some of the the later bite ones you get them like 8 30 or 9 to 11 they're 11 or 12 and into the day they they're a late feeder and they tend to be a more random fish they come in from deep water come up to the shore check it out for bait and then they cut back out so you get lucky and you might get a shot at them usually from the fall through the beginning of spring so there's something for you guys that are listening dorado on the beach come on wes really I hooked a I hooked a forty pounder yesterday, and you're not gonna believe me, but I have I actually have a video on the drone that I haven't put on the computer yet um, of me hooking this this fish. Hooked him, and I got about ten head shakes and a thirty foot run underwater, and then he shook the lure underwater. Oh, wow, <laughs> that's incredible. That is so incredible. So, what are the major things that when someone's going to come down here and go fishing with you, what's some of the major things you would suggest that they do? Stretch their shoulders, go for a good <laughs> <laughs> a lot of water. <laughs> um, no, Make sure their life insurance policy is going It's It's pretty straightforward. I mean, honestly, we're, uh, you, you could show up in the morning just in just in flip-flops and be ready to go i mean i i give all the gear you're fishing the same gear as i'm fishing so um you're you're all set to go you just uh bring a bottle of water and a granola bar or something like you said we're done around between 10 10 11 somewhere in there and yeah be ready to bring a bring a couple ibuprofen and and yeah, be ready to go home and eat a big breakfast and take a nap the rest of the day, I guess is. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell, I'll back that up. I'll tell you what, gang, I fished my whole life. I fished for 48 years at a super high level, but I never fished on the beach like I did with Wes. It's a totally different experience. I mean, I go down to the beach and fish off the beach where the, where it's flat over here on the uh, Sea Cortez side where there's no waves and it's just super easy. And I stand there and make 200 casts and I may, might get one bite. When I went over there big game hunting with you, it's a whole different experience, gang. You want to, first of all, the thing I would suggest is leave all your tackle at home. Don't bring your rods down here because first of all, it costs a fortune to get them here and you're not going to have what you need. Wesk has everything, dude. I brought stupid rod. I'm like looking like a potato head. I'm like, well, this ain't <laughs> like, that ain't going to work. Why don't you just try one of mine? I'm like, oh no, I want to try mine. <laughs> you pick up Wesk's rod, it weighs like two pounds compared to mine that weigh like 12 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well 
I mean, they're nice setups. Uh, the setups we're fishing with are uh, retail. They're just under two grand. What you're what you're throwing with. So, you know, the the reels are six fifty and the rods are eight fifty. So you're by the time you get line and lures on them and stuff, you're you're just under two grand for for a setup. So they're not. It's nice gear. You know, it it is the best stuff. Yeah, and it costs a fortune nowadays to fly with your tackle and fly with your rod and the whole thing. It's just not worth it. Mm -hmm. Come down here and see if this is what you really want to do because it's a totally different thing. It's not like going fishing with Bill up there in Southern California, light rod, two-pound, four-pound, six-pound. You're fishing with – we're fishing with rope, casting rope <laughs> off the beach. I was blown away, gang. I, I'm just being honest with you. I was blown away by the heavy – the rods don't weigh anything, but the real – has line on it that it's like cable it's a, it's a big deal because you have to because you're really hooking real fish but wesley there's um a couple of questions that you're not seeing that i'm seeing is okay how do we get a how do we book you how do we get a hold of you what's the deal do we got a website how can we go surf fishing with wesley down in cabo san lucas there's a website you can check it out i got some info on there some you know a frequent questions page which is super Super oh, there. Those of you who like the, yeah, you, you can click on the link right there. And there's the there's the website as well. Um, and then also uh, the email is super easy, just cobosurfcaster at yahoo.com. And all of the booking ends up going through there. Um, I, I quit doing any booking stuff on social media, people's messages on there. I'd, I'd lost my Instagram account this year. I've lost so much stuff online in the social media world. So um i started doing everything through email so if you want to book a trip shoot me an email and just give me your dates and I've, i'll get back to all the emails that come in they end up getting back to you so um and i uh, see uh there's a question on there how much to charge uh typically it's uh 200 a person uh it includes all the all the gear and then in the the high season when rooster fish are around that's like uh may june july then it's two fifty a person, and so that's that's for the morning. We meet at five thirty and fish till around ten o'clock, and you know between ten and eleven. And then uh, now I got a a guy that I, a, a kid that uh, fishes with me on hell. He's uh, hired on and he's been helping me take pictures of people so people get pictures at the end of their trip and some video and stuff, which is kind of cool too. And let me let everybody understand something too. You're not going to, first of all, you're not going to come down here on your four or five day vacation, or let's say you, you have a big vacation, you have 10 days. You're not going to figure this thing out. You're not going to, you're not going to get an Uber to take you to the beach where Wesley's fishing. You're not, that is not going to happen gang. The whole thing's not going to happen. You've got to hire a guide i you go up to southern california you want to go surf fishing you want to go with the guru dude you want to go with bill varney because you're going to get to go learn the beaches but most of those beaches that bill's fishing they're accessible they have big parking lots and you can go the beaches at wesley i didn't even know existed when i went with them i was like huh you can go to the beach here it's a just to go see the beaches that he takes you to it's worth the price of admission right there you're not going to go find them on your own. You're not going to rent a car and go figure out how to get to these beaches. This whole thing is totally different down here. And a lot of the stuff you get to do is private access that Wesley gets to do because he's lived here his whole life. 
So when you go, oh, 200 bucks to go surf fishing, it's worth every flipping penny, gang. Just the gear alone. And he's he brings these bags of lures that he drags up and down the beach, too, with all the other stuff. I don't know how you do it, young man. I really don't know how you do it. It would kill me. But I'm a fat old man. That, to have a once-in-a-lifetime experience for $200 is just incredible. I mean, and, and there's so much that you see. You know, one, one of the trips that Wes and I, when we were surf fishing, he picked me up down at the harbor, and we drove up to uh, Magrino Beach, I think it was, to go Sierra fishing. And, of course, got through all of the part of Cabo San Lucas I had never seen before. It was so cool. And then we got up there. We go. So we get down on the sand, you know, and it's before the sun's going to come up. All of his stuff is in the truck and we get the rods out and we walk down the edge of the sand and I get maybe hundred yards down the beach from him or so. And I look down the beach and I see this truck way down the beach and the headlights are on. It's kind of pointed toward me and I make a cast and I notice it's coming toward me. Well, as it's getting closer and it's fairly dark, I see this dark colored truck and these three guys standing on the back of the truck you know where the where the back bumper was and i thought for sure it was the federales coming after me <laughs> or they were there to take my license or something like that no way it was four fishermen one dude driving and three guys on the back he had made the back bumper a little wider i think and he had three <laughs> rockets there where they could put their rods in and they would race up the beach and look for the sierra boiling and then they would jump off and do these long casts i mean it's an experience of a lifetime Oh, absolutely. Tim Ogilvie was asking, Wesley, do you got clothes? Do you have swag? Do you got cobble uh, surfing? I, casters? Right now, I'm sold out of them, but I, that's, that'll be part of my meeting at the I'm, I'm going to meet a few people at the, at the show this next week that we're talking to making some new shirts. But I did do a run of them, and they were really cool, and they sold out really fast. So they will be coming for sure. And uh, hats as well. I, I had some hats that were pretty, pretty cool. So soon. Those will all, I'm figuring out a way to put those up on the website. Our biggest challenge is being able to ship out stuff in the States um, and be down here, you know, because we can't ship it from down here. It Crossing the border is just a no-go. So I got to figure out how to ship them in the States and have distribution in the States. And that's, that's part of the, the research right now. Wesley, as soon as we get off this, we'll, Elliot and I'll tell you the magic potion. We'll tell you that we got, we got the magic potion gang. We can't ship from here and we can't get mail. The Christmas cards that you sent Kelly and I in 2019, they showed up yesterday. It was pretty cool. So that's how the mail is down here. There are, there's no mailman. There's no, but I haven't really gotten any mail in five years since I moved here, which is really nice, but okay. I got a couple questions from my good buddy. Look at, Look at my store, Wesley. We get these shirts out Sweet. in a day or two. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I need to be doing. Yep, and Elliot and his beautiful wife will take care of this. Erica's designed all my clothing for me, and we get this stuff out to people. Kelly will put the orders in, and uh, the stuff will go out two days later, and the people are wearing it. It's pretty wow. incredible, all the different stuff. But we'll let you in on that magic potion here in a that minute. That is a magic potion. It's absolutely incredible that it works and it's because of the magician Elliot is and his wife, Erica, but look at 
Elliot has a phenomenal question. We'll start with you, Bill. Down here in Cabo San Lucas, what is your favorite beach? Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's really hard because, you know, down there, and, and Wes will certainly tell you this, there's a really big difference between fishing on the Pacific coast and fishing in the Sea of Cortez. So, so like, I could go fishing in the morning with Wes, and we could catch Sierra, and then I could get in my car and I could drive over to um, – San Jose del Cabo to the harbor there and fish there and, and catch a jack or some different fish where, or a Dorado where it's perfectly calm, whereas on the Pacific side, the waves are breaking. So, you know, on the Pacific side, anywhere between Cabo San Lucas and, and Todos Santos, and then on the on the Sea of Cortez, just about anywhere. But one of my favorite places on the Sea of Cortez is um, Punta Colorada where the resort once was out where the lighthouse is people know it from fishing over there um among other things i i from shore i caught a 35 pound yellowfin tuna there um numerous um rooster fish pargo you name it so fantastic fishing and and really like and, and wes will tell you this and it's the same up here in colorado if you go off the beaten path whatsoever you're going to get it probably all by yourself and some of the best fishing ever. Exactly. Yeah, that, so Wesley, where do you, where are you taking the girls to the beach here? <laughs> um, well, shoot, a lot of the favorite beaches have just gotten built up by by resorts, which is unfortunate. Now you got to go a lot further to to find spots that are remote out where you're not going to run into people. Um, Kind of like Bill was saying, there's there's some good beaches still between Cabo and Todos Santos that are, you know, you, you go out and most likely you won't run into people on them. But, um, you know, I, I grew up on just outside of town here on the on the Lighthouse Beach. And so it's on the Pacific side, just uh, about where if you look on that map right there where the green dot is right in the middle of the map um, on the tip. You can see, yep, right, right in the middle, right there. That's that's the beach I grew up on. Where that little, where you got the straightaway, and then where it angles, um, that point is the rock point that I I grew up on. So my parents' house is almost right where that green marker is in the middle of that map, and that's where I that's where I grew up. So that, I mean, might be a bias, but that's my favorite beach. I've caught almost all of my biggest catches on that beach the that big snapper you saw earlier was was caught on that the world record snook that i got two years ago was caught on that Back, beach yeah right there where that point is elliot yep. zoom in on that point and in that little pocket in the corner right there right in that little pocket in the yep. corner yep right, right there. there right there that's the spot <laughs> But, that's downtown. That's called Cabo Falsa, guys. If you ever yeah. come down when you're coming down, not that yeah, point. Unfortunately, it's uh it's owned by that whole strip of land back behind it is all owned by a big resort, and you have to be staying at the resort to get into that beach or own land inside the property. And though it's not in Mexico, that's not legal to do that. They do it anyways because they got a billion dollars and can do whatever they want um so getting to fish that beach is is difficult um but but yeah it, and right now there's there's nothing on that beach you go fish that beach you not catch a single thing we've 
I've gone there a couple times this last week just to look and see, and the fish aren't there. You know, it's not the beach. Um, and other times of year, there's no better beach in the world. I mean, you get there, and I've had times there was a <laughs> there's a comment someone put on here. Yeah, but can you feed the fish by hand with tortillas, or can you feed the fish tortillas by hand? <laughs> it's like that beach. <laughs> You would be surprised sometimes a year, the things that I've seen on that beach. I've, I've actually been on trips with clients and the, the jacks, like the 25 pound jacks were so thick on that beach, chasing fish up that I, I set my rod down and I go, watch this guys. And I ran down when the wave crashed, ran down to the water and the, the fish were so thick in there. I grabbed a 20 pound jack by the tail and threw it up on the beach just grabbing it by the tip i mean that's how thick they were in there and they're they're coming up half of their bodies out of the water and they'll hit any they'll eat anything that hits the water there's uh in my some of my older youtube videos i used to close out all of my videos with this one scene and it's i i tied a camera on my fishing line and i threw it out there during those times when the jacks were like that and they were so aggressive that they would eat the camera and I would have to pull it out from in between their gills. They're yanking on it and pulling on it because they don't want to let it go. And I have video of, <laughs> of, getting, <laughs> of getting hit, uh, getting the camera eaten by fish. That's us at Chileno Bay. That's oh, where that's I think. Yeah, feeding tortillas to the, to the what are they? The Bermuda, right Bermuda <laughs> chubs. Look at, look at. Yep, Try the this. chums and the jacks. There's so yep. many fish there. Huh. If you if you get to that beach before ten o'clock in the morning, you pretty much have it to yourself. At ten o'clock, yeah. there's going to be two or three thousand people on the beach. Yeah. Yep. It that used, used to be a deserted beach. I remember when you'd go there and you'd be with one of two people on that beach. Yeah, remember you used to have to go through the. Uh, the bamboo. There was a bunch of bamboo, and you'd slither through the bamboo, and then you'd be standing yep. there going, "Oh, magical!" Yeah, yeah that, that beach was that was one I grew up on going spearfishing with my dad. But yeah, they don't let you spearfish or fish there anymore. They they barely let you sit on the beach there now. Do something <laughs> wrong, they'll kick you off. Yeah, it's changed a lot, but. That beach that Wesley was talking about that he showed you where he grew up, that's where Kelly Girl caught her first, first rooster fish game. That place is on fire when it's on fire, and when it's dead, it's dead. It's dead, but yep. I think the big reason why all that stuff comes there is because you have that long stretch from sunset up to there where the bait just gets so thick in there, and the fish know it, and they're going to come in there and ambush those fish. They've kind of destroyed that little corner right now. It doesn't look like that anymore. There's a giant resort set right there. Yeah, there is. So I'll tell you right. something about that. I'll tell you something about that beach that makes it pretty unique, Dave. Um, that is, it's one of the few beaches, and the, the Land's Inn beaches are the ones that are, are like this, but it's one of the few beaches in our area that doesn't have a natural riverbed on it that cuts out to the ocean. And... So that makes a difference because when it rains, um, the, all the beaches up the coast have natural riverbeds on them where the water runs out to the ocean and they dump a bunch of silt into the area. So then you get, when the waves pick up, all that silt gets stirred up and creates sediment in the water and, and gets murky. And this beach, the Lighthouse Beach, 
naturally never had a riverbed on it. Now it does because the hotels cut through the big dune that was that was protecting it. They cut through the dune to push all that water out to the ocean. And so now it's getting it's getting ruined in a sense in that way where it's not as unique like that. But um had coarse sand. So when the waves would crash, even if you had really big surf, seven foot, eight foot surf, uh, it would all settle out. All that sand would settle out of the waves and you'd have crystal clear waves even in big surf. And it made for really good fishing. Oh, I didn't know that. That's good information to have. Yeah, that because you get up the coast, Magrino and, and Cerritos and all those places, you're right. They have rivers running right into the ocean. That's what gets mm -hmm. that water so dirty. The, that fish right there, there is zillions that. of those down here, right? Yeah, there are, there's a lot of those. That's a needlefish gang, and it is, it's a fishy gar, Oh, I wish I didn't hook green. them. When you, what? The meat is actually a green color, and the bones are a clear. You'll end up eating bones if you go for these. <laughs> so look down in his mouth there, Chadwick. Look at that. Oh, he's Ooh. mad. He, all right. So... <laughs> They're hard to hook, though, right, Wesley? You get a lot of bites, but they're tough to hook. You feel pretty excited when you hook one. I tell you what, we probably yesterday, we were in Needlefish City, and we probably got 50 bites, and I, all I was trying to do was put that I was with, and we never could get one on the beach. We got 50 bites and couldn't get one on the beach. It, they're an amazing fish because look at that mouth. It's not very big. So if you hook one, you feel like you kind of accomplished something. Like Wes said, he got 50 bites and he didn't hook one. It's an amazing little fish. When you do hook them, though, they dance around they fight like, like a marlin. They're like sailfish. Yeah, they put on a heck of a show. They're a fun fish to catch, and they're very, preva very prevalent down here in Mexico all over the place east cape west cape people are asking about nine palms too that's kind of a, nar a long drive from cabo right yeah that's a ways up there and it's not tend to be the best beach to fit that's a surfing beach all the surfers love that beach it's one where all the you get all your your californian guys go and camp out on surfing because it's got a nice long break and but not a lot of fish over there right as far as surfing not super great unless you're going for nah so you basically fish right around the pacific side is like your downtown go-to place right Yeah, there's a few spots up on the Cortez side, but mainly the Pacific. That's that's the go-to Pacific side. Well, guys, I want you and Bill to talk about for a minute because we're wrapping this thing up. We're running. We already did this for an hour. I I know you can't believe it. Wesley's been working since four o'clock this morning, so we're gonna let him take go be with his babies. <laughs> He's got two beautiful little girls, and I'm sure they miss their dad. And they're like, "Are you done yet?" But Bill. You and Wesley are going to be doing some super special things at the Bard Hall show, right? That's right. We have a pre-show seminar. That's on Friday at 10 a.m., 10 to noon. You have to get your tickets online at hallshows.com. Um, and, and really, I do suggest everybody try to get them quickly because they're going to sell out in just a couple of more days, probably over the weekend, I would think. 
Um, and then it's just $40. It includes your entrance to the show. So if the show is 22 bucks, it would be $18 to see Wes and I. Um, Wes is probably worth 10. I'm probably worth eight. So it's a pretty good deal, actually. And, and you know, I, what I'm going to talk about, and I think Wes, too, is like, first of all, I'm going to talk about rod and reel combinations, rigging, baits use at the beach, how to catch those baits, keep them alive, how to hook those baits. And then lastly, finding fish at the beach. And then we're going to give everybody a chance to ask questions um, and, and give them answers about whether it's Cabo or up in Southern California. And then CCA, who's our sponsor, is going to have an incredible raffle. We have all kinds of gifts. We got Poochie giving us line and, and, and terminal tackle. We got Kamigatsu with Duracent base. We've got... Um, AFCO with lures, uh, some of these new swimmer lures that I sent some down to Wes a couple of months ago. Um, Blue Fever swimmer lures, we'll have those. We'll have the Ikajimi uh, kit um, from Akuma. We're going to have two rods, two surf reels for fishing in Southern California. And we're going to have some books to give away, calendars, a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to have a great time. Now, Wes, what are you going to talk about? I'm curious. Did we lose you, Wes? Uh, kind of like you were saying, we're going to go through the tackle we use and, and break it down a little bit on, on some. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, you guys are from yes, here yes. We can. Yeah, we, we can hear you. you. Are you guys? Are we back? We can uh, hear you. Yeah. So, cool. and then rigging, talk about different, uh, uh, different scenarios because we have seasons down here for uh, kind of for and the environments we're fishing for men. So we have kind of two uh, styles of rigging. One is over the sand beach and the other is out over the rocks and a little bit heavier gear for big fish. So talking about how to rig those up and why. And then uh, also what to look for in the surf when you get down, when you actually get down to the beach and you want to do your own thing and go look for a certain fish and you want to hunt that one fish. What do you look for and how do you know what, which direction to go on the beach and, and what you're doing? And then talking about different kinds of lures, different styles, um, top water versus stick baits and versus jigs and when to use what. So there's, there's a lot of, lot of interesting stuff. Um, we'll be showing some videos. I, um, this was great. Elliot's been, been awesome. Just pulling up. I'm, I'm entertained watching what Elliot's doing, pulling up things on the screen. And, um, I'm like, Oh, sure. I remember that video. That was a good video. You know, <laughs> so, yeah, he's a hell of a producer. Yeah, so you and Bill will be doing besides the super special seminar in the morning, mm -hmm. the pre-show seminar, you guys will be on the floor doing seminars also during the show. Right. So yeah. if we don't get in there, we can come see you guys on the stage. Yeah, I, I yeah, will be on the current stage. Yeah. I, I was ahead, just saying, I'll be on the current stage um, at 5 o'clock. Go ahead, there. Wes. <laughs> okay. No, um, here, can you hear me? Yeah, got you loud and clear. All right. All right. Yeah, so I'll be uh, – I'll be up there. I'll, I'll do a lot more on the stage uh, kind of question and answer. It's it's nice to hear what people want to know, too. It's mm -hmm. You can talk all day about, you know, what you're doing, but it's also important to hear what people are curious about, what they want to under, what they want to learn, what they want to hear about. So uh, we'll do a lot of question and answer, too. And if you want to got questions and you do want to pop in for a couple seconds and say, hey, got a question, you know, what do you do here? 
here. How do you um, be happy to happy to answer your questions and talk to you after after the the seminar too as well. Yeah, it'll be incredible, gang. You want to come and see these guys. Bill and I will be doing this show again Wednesday, right before we go to right before we go to Bart Hall. Bill will tell you more about what's going on, what stages you can find him and Wesley on. We've already gone over our hour. I only pay my producer for an hour, so we we're gonna jump off of here right now, gang. I want to thank each and every one of you for watching the show today, being a part of. Make sure you do the thing I ask every show: share, 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 share. A little arrow on the bottom on Facebook, share it on YouTube, share it. Hit our like button, subscribe button. These questions you guys can keep asking them all day. Wesley and Bill will be looking at your questions on Facebook and YouTube. They'll be looking at this video. They'll share it on their pages. Also, you can keep asking questions. They'll answer it. But the big thing is be at the Bart Hall show. This is where you're going to get to touch these guys and find out what's really going on. So thank you very much, Elliot, for a phenomenal show. Bill, Wes, thank you. Goodbye, everybody. We will see you on Monday. Remember, turn off the news. They're all lying. This is the only place you get the truth. Bye. <laughs>